0: Hello, this is Richie from the Metal Cell Podcast. I'm delighted to welcome Jarvis Letterby to the show. How are you, Jarvis? Good Good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining us as I have my two co-hosts as well. I've got Joe and Howard. How are you, lads? Good morning, right, lads? lads. Nice to have good you Good to you on see board. everybody. Yeah. So, Jarvis, tell us more about yourself, first of all. And then you have a, a fantastic festival to promote as well, in Ireland, of all places.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm an Aquarius. I like long walks on the beach.
0: I've
1: never done <laughs> online dating, actually. But, uh, but uh, anyway, yeah. So I'm a musician from Southern California. Um, I play in the band Night Demon. I also play for the band Sierra Dungle, And I'm the live singer for the band Jaguar. Um, I've got a record company called Iron Grip, and I also manage quite a few bands underneath that moniker as well. Um, We've been putting on a festival every year since 2015 on the West Coast called Frost and Fire. It's a traditional heavy metal fest. In 2018, we expanded to London, um, to Camden specifically, and uh, this this year we are bringing it to Northern Ireland, for what we are dubbing yeah. Frost and Fireland. <laughs> Sounds
2: good,
1: uh, man. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the idea of the festival is, you know, I mean, it, the, the thing is to do it in kind of lesser known art, or, or, you know, stay out of big metropolitan areas. We did do it in London, as I said, but we Camden is a little bit different because we usually like to do multiple venues and everything's walking distance and it's a little more close-knit. Uh, that was cool, but... But I still prefer it to prefer to bring the the festival to to smaller towns where, you know, we have so many international guests that come to these things. Like I like to provide it's, you know, it's all about the environment. You know, it's about where a a place where metal can take over somewhere for a weekend versus just being another face in the crowd in like a Belfast or Dublin, you know, like I like to bring it to a place where. You know, you see people walking down the street in leather and chains and and the the conservative uh, uh, local uh, public are like, oh, <laughs> shit, you know. So uh, but usually what happens is, you know, those people end up getting sad when the weekend's over because they're like, wow, like the heavy metal people are actually really nice. And like mm. they they spend money on things and like they, you know, they fill the hotels and the restaurants and the pubs and uh, they're actually really cool people like, you know, besides you know
0: what you would think on the surface so so yeah yeah, that's the idea well how would you think of that yeah i mean uh i know that the
3: festival in ventura in california is that correct yeah correct yeah yeah. so I, i think what i'm getting the sense i'm getting from it all is that the place that it takes place in is very important and uh it's important that it's a little bit different than your your normal capital city visit it um, was well for the likes of of Limerick down there. It's got a, it's got a really unique limerick feel to it over the weekend, you know. But um, it's exciting something up in Derry. I mean, uh, the last festival up that direction I think would have been maybe Whiplash and Sligo, you know. So it, it it's interesting. It's got to be fun, you know. It's, it, it's only when I was talking to Richard during the week that I realised this festival was happening. And uh, yeah, good. Well, good. All I mean, aboard, that's good. like. Yeah, that, that's why we're perfect here, time we the here to do is height yeah. of the summer, height of the Irish yeah. summer, you know. Right. Right did the the history of dairy have have any uh, impact in you choosing that as a location big time big time you know i mean there's like it's it's crazy
1: to think about how many irish people haven't even been to dairy you know i mean i'm from california so and i'm in a touring band but like you know we're used to driving everywhere you know it's like you you want to drive somewhere in la it's going to take you an hour you know to get across town so um uh, I think a lot of people know about dairy in Ireland, uh, especially because of like the dairy girls or stuff like this or Bloody Sunday. You know, they, they know some of this. But yeah, I mean, it's a perfect metal environment. Joe's been up here and it's like, you know, we have these original 400 um, year old castle or, or city walls that that are still intact. There's cannons on them. There's like two big cathedral spires. There's, you know, a history of uh, civil conflict. I mean, this is like everything that, that we all, we all write songs about. And, and, you know, like it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. there's, there's so much here and it's, it's intact, you know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. So like my vision of it was, you know, I was here, uh, my girlfriend lives out here. So I was here during the pandemic for six months and I was okay. just walk, I just walk around town all day long, like completely just by myself and I'm walking on these, 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 These walls and and like kind of where all these battles happened and I'm next to all these cool cemeteries and I'm thinking to myself like, this needs to be filled with metalheads drinking beer out here, you know, not, not a bunch of uh, (laughs) soccer kids, you know, like, so, so, uh, so that's the idea but you know it's cool because I've got like, you know, I printed like a thousand handbills and I made it like even like stickers. Like I just kind of litter the town and I walk around every day. And yesterday, you know, I, I met a few a few like kids that were just drinking beer on the walls and they had like one guy had a corn shirt on and the other guy had like a slipknot shirt. And I was like, kind of like a jehovah's witness for metal i was like i i I sat down with them i sat down and i was just like i would like let me teach you about true heavy metal you know like you know and i gave them some flyers and talked to them about the bands and you know hopefully they went home and burned their shirts you know and bought some tickets (laughs) But, but 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 you know it's like it's just it feels good to like to be to educate people about stuff because, you know, you're never too old to get into something good, but it's nice to know at a young age, like I was lucky to have people to look up to all my friends were usually older and they would tell me about stuff like this or bands are like, Hey, you know, it's like, you're into punk rock. You're into misfits. Like, have you ever heard, you know, these Mm. bands from the seventies are like, you know, this is where this stuff came from, you know? So, um, and these bands are still doing it at a high level. So, um, it's a first time appearance in Ireland for all the bands, except for Joe's band, except for the Irish bands and yeah. my band and my band. Knife. I mean, we've done Dublin Belfast quite a bit, but, uh, that's kind of the thing I want. I really wanted to do that. I think there's, there's, there's a few promoters down South that are not very happy about it. I mean, they, they really want, uh, you know, they want some dates down there for these bands, but that's not what it's about. It's like, it's, it's one shot here and they're, they're coming to this festival. And if you're not there, you're nowhere, you know? Mm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know?
1: I think people need to really just commit to venture out. The thing is like most, like I said, even in London, 80% of our ticket sales came from out of the UK. So wow. a lot of people travel in for these things. I think the yeah. right now the show is about half sold, which is actually pretty good. Like considering mm. we're in this era, but, um, I think a lot of our foreign guests are kind of waiting to see what happens with the pandemic because for them, it's like, I could easily postpone the show and say, Hey, your tickets are good for October or whatever, but their flights are going to not, mm. are going to be fucked. their accommodations. Right. Um, but I'm, I'm confident this will happen in June. I mean, like I, I was out last night and like the bars were completely packed. Um, that they had like they busted in people from Donegal on the weekends because they can't do shit right now, you know, <laughs> so like <at> eight o'clock. <laughs> it's crazy. But, yeah. but the but uh, things in the north seem to be OK. And and that's another reason why I'm glad that we decided to do it up here, because, you know, as 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 salient as the whole you know, divide in the country, as far as the UK and the EU, there are some advantages to it, you know, like this things up here are going by, you know, what's happening in England, basically, which is like, hey, let's get through, like, we got to live with this thing now, you know, let's move Mm -hmm. forward. So, um, there yeah. are if, if I was going to do this in Dublin, like I would be seriously concerned, you know, yeah. if this was going to happen. So, you know, if if there's still a lockdown there and we're good up here, you know, those people are more than welcome to come. You know, and I, and I know there's there's a, uh, you know, Limerick has a great scene and, and there's a lot of great, great pockets in Ireland for metal. And I think that this is this is a great environment for people. I think everybody, once they come out here, they're really going to appreciate the surroundings. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Joe, you've always been campaigning for more gigs up your side of Northern Ireland, but not in the obvious places. So Derry would be one that you've mentioned before. Yeah, totally.
4: And um, it, it's an amazing city. It is absolutely beautiful. And like as Jarvis was saying, like a, a whole bunch of the people who are. Like going to be coming to this uh, maybe have never been to Belfast Mm. or anywhere so it's great that they're getting to come to Northern Ireland and see something cool and like the other huge awesome thing about it is it's the same week as Iron Maiden so there's a whole bunch of people who can fly here and go and see Iron Maiden for 40 quid or whatever it is a ticket Mm -hmm. and then you know go to Frost and Fire as well so it's a it's like kind of perfect perfect dealio up there you know
0: when's the Iron Maiden uh, day at
1: it's, it's Monday. It's the Monday of that week. So the festival okay. is June 17th and 18th. It's a Friday, Saturday. So it's the Monday that week. And, you know, the thing is, too, especially for a lot of people flying in, they're probably going to want to fly into Dublin, you know, because it's cheaper and easier to get to get there, to get into the country through Dublin. So, uh, you know, people are going to, they're going to want to see Dublin and they're going to want to do that. So, I mean, I've just suggested to people to just kind of make a trip out of it. You want a yeah. week-long vacation in Ireland, you could do a lot in a week in this country and you could see a lot. And for a metalhead, I mean, you're just drive. you're just driving the coast and like, you know, every thousand meters, there's a ruined church you can go pee in, you know, <laughs> like, like, and take photos on, for your Instagram, you know, like, Whoa! You know? so it's like, it, there's there's just so much great stuff here like it's crazy to me how it's how metal ireland is the whole country the <laughs> scenery it's built for this stuff we need more of this so yeah, i'm happy on. to do i'm just happy to do my part to bring some of it here I'm g-
4: and also like dragging people out of the house man is such an important thing because as you know from hanging about on the internet, there's so many people will complain that a band isn't playing in their front room. You yeah. know, they're kind of like, why <laughs> yeah. is this not happening? Like whenever lots of people I know, were like, Oh, midnight are playing, but they're only playing in Derry. And like, <laughs> yeah, you know, they yeah. spend like half an hour giving off being all like, Oh, maybe they're going to announce Dublin. And then they come around to the idea. They're like, okay, I'm going to have to leave my house here and maybe go, go somewhere new. Yeah. And do something cool. And I think outside of the whole like midnight and you guys and, you know, a lot of people want to travel for that. There's a whole bunch of people who mm. love bands like Satan and circa thungle who've never, they've never been to Ireland, you know, so they've been waiting for maybe 40 years to see these guys, you know? Yeah.
0: And how far away, sorry Jarvis, yeah. how far away yeah. is Derry from Belfast?
1: That's uh, about an hour and a half drive. Oh ah, okay. And the the other thing is yeah, it's like hey, guess what? The bands are coming from a lot farther, okay? <laughs> you <Yes>. know. <laughs> so so it's like give them some respect. And the mm. thing is it's like, you know, we're putting yeah, there may be somebody that like Joe mentioned, you know, that wants to see a uh, one uh, one of the bands come to Dublin or whatever, but it's like you're getting all of this together, you're getting all the bands together and you're going to have I mean, part one of the cool things about going to a good concert is being around a, a, an audience full of like-minded people like yourself that's like hard to find in today's mainstream culture you know so like it's a mainly it's about going and socializing mm-hmm. which is you know a thing that we should be doing again and and meeting all these other people or a lot of a lot of the things that happen with our festival are there, there are people all over the world that know each other on social media because they're into heavy metal, but when they come to our festival, they get to hang out in person and people really, really enjoy that, you know? So, um, but, you know, I mean, look, I wanted to make sure that I got the best Irish bands I, I could too, like with Gamma Bomb and, you know, I mean, we got Dread Sovereign, which I think is really great, which is Alan's other band, you know? I mean, Primordial was, was, was on the radar but it just you know it didn't work out but i mean i'm glad that he, that those guys could be here i think that their new shit's really great and we've got darkest era which they have a new record coming out um you know and of course um you know you got, you've got brian downey like doing the thin lizzie and that's kind of like my ace in the hole i'm like if you're an irish rock fan and you don't like Thin lizzie you should probably move away you know but it's yeah. like it's like it, like and his band is incredible. You know, I've seen a lot of good Lizzie tributes, but like the fill that he has is like he's, he's right up there and like the guitar players are great. And it's like the drums are such so a underrated thing in that band. I, I think that like nobody can do it like he does it. And when you hear those songs with him doing it, it's you, you really get that vibe. And you know, a lot of people also, um, Forget that you know he's a founding member of the band. He was on every single record, and he he was the only other guy in the band that can say that. And I'm just glad that he's still around and and he's willing to do this. So, Mm. you know, I will say that you know within the city wall, the old city walls here, it's it's like a one mile circumference, you know, and within these historic city walls, on on that the first night on June 17th. We've got, we've got Gamma Bomb and we've got Brian Downey's Living Dangerous playing at our venue at the Nerve Center. And 200 meters away, uh, the undertones are going to be playing a sold out show, you know. And so it's like you've got all this great Irish history of punk and rock and metal. And it's all happening that weekend. And it's like, th- like I said, if you're, you're either there or you're, you're nowhere, you know, yeah. so take a chance and have some fun. There's a lot of things that that a lot of great things can happen by just being somewhere, you know,
0: mm. like the, the lineup for the 17th. As you said, is, is Brian Downey's Alive and Dangerous, mm-hmm. uh, Gamma Bomb, Night Demon, Mitra, they're um, they're an old 1970s. Yeah. Newish New way. heavy metal. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So what they- do you know about them?
1: Uh, they're great, man. They're Newcastle band. They had a very popular 7-inch seven uh, in 79 or 80, I think, uh, the Death and Destiny single. Okay. That and the song UFO was the B-side. It's just a great underground New Wave of British heavy metal band. They're really great guys. And we we actually brought them out to our California edition in years past. And they've just been one of those bands that since they reformed, people in the underground really seem to to like to dig their live show. And um, so I'm really happy to have them here as well.
0: And a certain Lars Ulrich has cited them as well as being an influence. So all this good. You know, that
1: always, that always helps, man. When yeah. he, uh, you know, like when he's
0: not talking about oasis like it's,
1: <laughs> it's you know he he does he did like a lot of really cool you know i mean metallica is the reason why why we know about a lot of this stuff yeah. you know so yeah. you got to you got to you got to give it up to them for you know especially when i was young i mean they were my gateway to pretty much everything you know so uh i'm glad that they did make some good choices there with the songs that they that they decided to to cover you know
0: and darkest era uh, or the other band that are playing on the seventeenth as well? They're with Metalbed. Yeah, and
1: they're a. Uh, actually, I'm not sure if they are anymore,
0: but well, maybe uh, not. yeah, but, they were. Probably. But
1: yeah, they're great. They're they're another they're another great up and coming band, and uh, they're they're new stuff. I've got I heard of Piku, a peek a little bit of that. So it's pretty cool. They're a little bit of a different flavor, but I mean, so it's like I mean like even with gamma, but I mean, we have a good mix, you know, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all metal, but it's all, mm-hmm. it's all true metal. You know, yeah. it's like, there's, we don't, we don't really, I mean, look, I'm not here to throw shade in anyone's game. Like if, if people are, people like what they like and they're allowed to do that. But as far as we're concerned, you know, Frost and Fires is, is a festival for, for, the traditional sense of metal, you know, I mean, that's, that's the idea behind it. I mean, if you saw some of the submissions that I got, man, it's like, <laughs> I, it's a, I, and it's like, it's, it's just not my, it's just not the taste of this audience. I'm not, I'm not putting it down, but it's like some of these bands, I just wonder, it's like, what do you think? Like, do you think that you're going to go over well on something? Like, do you actually really want to do this? You know? So, uh, it's the true metal audience is a great, is a great, it's a great fraternity to be in, but man, it could be pretty harsh against uh, some other <laughs> stuff. You know, the other the other 180 subgenres of metal, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I wanted to ask you, Jarvis, actually, you know, speaking on uh, conservatism and so on, in that neck of the woods, it does seem to be quite stringent in many places. So I'm just wondering, has there been any backlash to putting this festival on or resistance to it? You
1: know what? I'm so surprised that there hasn't been. Now, originally, so frost and fire. What we what we traditionally do is is every show that we have is at a different venue. We like to move around the, the, the town, right, just to give a different environment every night. We weren't able to do that this year because I I I would rather just be safe with everything that's going on and do it somewhere that I know it's going to happen, right. So originally we were I had a meeting with like over 30 council members out here because we were going to do it at a council venue at the Guild Hall, which is a beautiful, beautiful government-owned building, you know? But it's like, man, it's just like a beautiful like kind of cathedral inside. There's big pipe organs. It's perfect. However, they... They love the idea. See, people like the idea because they know this brings money to the city. Okay, mm-hmm. this brings a lot of tourism, so they like that idea. When they hear that there's a band called Satan playing, you know, some of <laughs> sometimes sometimes that does step in, right? But then I just quickly explain, like, hey, uh, you know, these guys are like your dad's age, okay, and like this, it's basically classic rock, you know. It's when you say metal you say heavy metal to anybody in and that's in any kind of conservative any from any conservative background it immediately goes back to oh my god this is like the most extreme thing it's a satanic panic these guys are screaming there's going to be death and destruction and i'm like no it's basically like you know like if bob Seeger had a couple more beers and turned up a little bit you know <laughs> yeah. like like so so uh but you just got to explain that to people but anyway they were, they were on board to do it there. And um, the thing that happened was when it got closer to confirming this, this gig, they started to backtrack a little bit and say, well, okay, look, we can't guarantee you the capacity, but we can, if it's seated. And I was like, You're, no, like yeah. this is not, and okay, well we could do it standing, but we'll have to cut the capacity in half. And I'm like, well, at that rate, like I can't afford to bring these bands over. Yeah. So it's just, it's, you know, every without getting too political, everything happening in this pandemic, everybody's doing something different than the other guy next door. And it's just it's just it's not really working, you know. And so it's not keeping anybody really safer than if you go out, you go out. man. And like the way that this thing's going around now, it's like I know people that go out once and are just to the grocery store or to the park and they come back sick. So it's like, uh, you know, uh, you can be you just got to try and be as. As safe as you can but there's no there's no running away f- from it so like if we're gonna move on as a society if you're if you can go to the grocery store and cough on the vegetables you should be able to go to a concert and have a beer you know and that's kind of what that's kind of what we're doing here and so i decided to go with the nerve center that's a tried and true venue they do concerts every night everything is in-house they're used to doing this sort of thing and they're not council run so mm. there's not nobody can come in at the last minute and say, Oh, like we're, we're, we're shutting down again. You know, I mean, we're, we're, I'm in the best position to, to, um, to any kind of anything like that, that should happen. So that was my decision on on doing that. So that's, sorry, that's the long answer, but, (laughs) but, but look, overall people are positive. You know, there's, I've been in the, uh, the Dairy News has an article coming out tomorrow about it. Uh, the Dairy Journal did a story on it uh, last year. Uh, people really, people here really feel that they, that this town needs something like that, and that this is a place that constantly gets skipped over for for gigs. Constantly, it's it's very rare for something like this to happen here. So I think they're just excited that anything's going on. And again, I think everybody that comes here is going to be pleasantly surprised by the environment, and they're going to. It's not just another gig, you know, they're gonna be happy that they made the trip to come out here.
0: Yeah. So like I'm looking at June the 18th there, Surat Ungol, another legendary band formed in 1971. Yeah, that's nuts, man. I know you yes. play I know you play with them on bass, is it? Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I watched yeah, yeah. some of that footage because I wasn't sure of them. I, I heard of them yeah. years ago, but man, I, I watched the I don't know, was it, it was in some festival anyway, and the lads sounded class, man. They're all probably what in their sixties, 60s, early. 60s? Yeah, about sixty-five is the average
1: age of the other guys in the band, you know. But uh, yeah.
0: yeah, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. I was fuck it, this is yeah. so cool. Just even to see them alone. They have never played Ireland, have they?
1: Never. Wow, that's never. Mad. So, and again, like that's the kind of band that's like, I mean, they're going to spend a week here just doing photo shoots. You know, yeah. I mean, like All the graveyards. Yeah, <laughs> man. You know, or just these like stone circles, or what have you. You know, I mean, like everywhere you go here, nobody understands how old and how intact a lot of this stuff is out here. We don't even know how old some of this shit is, you know. And it's just it's incredible, you know. It, it's really it's such an incredible landscape here, yeah. you know. And it's no it's no wonder why they film film so much here now. Cause you can pull off basically any era of time <laughs> you know so uh it's, it's really cool man and and uh they're definitely uh there's been a lot of outcry for that band since they reunited to come out here so
0: cool.
3: this is it you know yeah so say they seem bigger than mentioned. ever they seem to be at their most successful point at this moment in time which is incredible after 50 years yeah oh, you it's, it's think the, about you know, that 50 yeah, years ago. Like, Jesus
1: I know, Christ. Yeah. I, I, I have to deal with it every day. Trust me. You know? but, but like, <laughs> they're, like, they're like my older, younger brothers. Be okay, kind to know? the elderly. <laughs> Be kind yeah. to the elderly. Come yeah. on. Yeah. But, but, you know, they they, uh, they got for the internet. You know, it's like a lot yeah. of people backtalk technology, yeah. how it ruined the industry. I, I disagree. I, I think that uh, the industry ruined the industry, you know. But, but uh, you know, if it wasn't for YouTube, like you know i mean there's i would say two percent of their fans are people that have like followed them through the 80s they're all just a new generation of kids that love it you know so uh yeah that's a big reason for that
0: yeah so there's satan as well you've mentioned them this is their first show in ireland which is strange considering they're an english band aren't
1: they yeah they're from newcastle as well i don't even think they've they've been to ireland like again it's like how does this stuff happen (laughs) you know like like Mm. how does this stuff happen for me it's like even next month like i'm going to i'm going to newcastle for a show i'm going to glasgow for a show it's like it's right there yeah Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you know like like it's but no you know most people from from england like when they want to go on a vacation they just go to florida you know or or, you know or or disney paris or something you know it's like
0: pre in wales (laughs) (laughs) they have um, a new album coming out as well on Metal Blade in 2022 so keep an eye out for that there's a new video Into the Mode of Eternity check that out that's quite good isn't it
1: yeah it's great I actually uh, uh, the band wasn't there for that I actually directed that uh, that video in Atlanta, Georgia.
2: Wow. And I no went, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, I went and flew out there. Cause that's one of those places that you can, a lot of p- things are filmed out there now, like the walking dead and all this, they have a big, like a lot of wood, wooded areas mm. and they don't charge mm. for filming. Like, you know, in California, it's extremely expensive now, like for, to get permits and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I went out there and filmed that video and did this kind of treatment of this, you know, burning of a witch and had the Satan judge costume made by the guys from Gwar. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great video. I, it I is, highly man. Recommend checking it out. Yeah, and I
0: just so. love the thought of maybe a tourist just wandering through the woods and hear all these lads with the hoods <laughs> and the fucking fire <laughs> and the uh, Jesus, even yeah. the, the demon that came out at the end. And that, yeah. as you said, that was Wars makeup gang or something. They did yeah. That. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Wars
1: guys to make the costumes, so uh, it was wow. pretty
0: cool. Yeah. So Midnight are a band that I'd love to see. They're Venom, Motorhead, Hellhammer, Discharge, Celtic Frost, if you like all those, Man Midnight Slot. I never actually knew it was a one man project. Well,
1: it is as far as the songwriting and the albums. Yes, he records and he writes and records all the music, but the live band has been intact for years. And these the same okay. guys that they're they're solid as fuck, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, 19 was 19 and Midnight are doing a co-headlining tour of Europe. And this is kind of like smack dab in the middle of it. So, um, you know, so those two bands will be traveling throughout Europe and the UK around that time. So people that people that want to be lame and not come to Ireland, they can see us somewhere <laughs> else.
0: <laughs> so and then the last two are Witches. They're um, they're now a hard rock band, you could say. There wouldn't be too heavy metal as such.
1: You know, but again, I think the term just crosses so many boundaries mm-hmm. now since we're like forty plus years into the game you know like uh they're definitely there's a there is some metalness to them but uh yeah they're much more on the um it's hard to classify them i mean they are they are kind of like a christian metal band which doesn't seem to bother anybody which is fine you know but like (laughs) um a lot of people really really dig that band and you know they're they're a bunch of cool lads from from Manchester, you know, and uh, there, it's easy to get them out here to do something like this. I think they really add a lot to the bill. Because again, you know, I mean, and Joe can attest to this, it's like, how many festivals have you been to where it's like, like having the same style, like having basically the same band play all weekend, it just, you get burnt out, man. Your ears get burnt out. Yeah. Like, you just, even some of these festivals that are just, like, really extreme, it's like, you just you after a while it's like how like you can't bands can't out heavy each other you know mm. it's like you just gotta like you need you're you need a break your ears need a break and yeah. you need to go from one mood to the next yeah. and that's what i try and do with this you yeah. know Definitely.
0: so yeah and like we went like, through a whole scene there uh jarvis and it was just sludge yeah <laughs> and you just like every second or third Irish band were playing it, man. And it was just, yeah. you, you go to a, a gig and there was no variety. This was before the pandemic.
1: Yeah, and I'll tell you that the festivals that Night Demon has done best on are those festivals. We played like parties on open air and um, what else? Me and Alan's band were on this one, Chaos Ascends. I mean, beautiful setting. I mean, just German countryside, open air, in the middle of nowhere. The weather's nice, but it's just like, ah it's just like it's so extreme <laughs> and people just they're at one point they're just sitting down in the grass and it's like it's so it's crazy it's so extreme and it's so sometimes it's just you're at the same level the whole time that it almost kind of puts you like look i fell asleep i fell asleep before listening to like hardcore shit like super loud because i'm just like you get, you just get used to it and you're like, you know, so I like, I mean, I love that, that music, but I, I like to, to, you know, you, you have your spots for it. Right. It's so. also
4: kind of very well represented in Ireland, you know, as in people aren't going to be like, oh my God, and getting to see, you know, this kind of gloomy music, you know, we get so much gloomy music over here. <laughs> That's one of the cool things about this is like, yeah. it's such an opportunity for people to go on an adventure and see stuff that you can't, can't go and see, you know. And yeah, what about I, I um, the
0: infrastructure in Derry, uh, hotel-wise? Is there many hotels up there? Yeah, there's a
1: ton of hotels. Okay. I okay. I I put all the bands that the, there's like a holiday in right here. Like, you know, I mean, it's kind of like Big corporate hotel but you know it's like they've got it they've got a rate for people too if you call up and say you're going to the festival i've locked in a special rate so but there's a ton of like boutique hotels like there's, there's the Maldron hotel is like literally two doors down from the venue so uh but there's like a lot of you know there's a lot of like airbnb business out here yeah. so it's pretty cool. cool there's just like you know if you're there with a few friends there's like you can get a flat you know for like and the price is great like some of it's like The same price or cheaper than a hotel, you know, Mm -hmm. but the other thing too is like when you're coming out here, you're gonna like you don't spend much time in the hotel. So I think people overestimate that, you know, because we're going to be we're going to be setting up some after parties too after the shows at some local venues here and also we're uh, next week we're putting out uh, basically a guide of things to do around the town we've like listed the best restaurants and the touristy things to do we've got a guy local guy here who's going to be giving tours of the cemeteries so we're really trying to create a lot of events
0: surrounding it so people have stuff yeah. to do you know and this is great to hear you were going to say something there joe
4: just going to say i think that's that would be the death knell of doing something like this in dublin you know it was like the hotels would be so yeah. expensive that people can't afford to have a good time you know and there is like, I, that's something that's special about Limerick and stuff and Cork to an extent is that people are very welcomed into the city whenever there's gigs going on and like Dublin, especially with metal, like there's never a sense of like, oh, this is, you know, this is a cool metal city. It always kind of feels like they're, they don't really want you there, you know? They're kind of
3: fitting you in for the weekend and Yeah, the clock comes just get fucking lost, you know? Totally.
1: Yeah. I mean, I remember last time we were in Dublin, we couldn't even bring the tour bus into the city. They had to pick us up at a gas station or something. And like, like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, it's like, yeah, it really did kind of feel kind of feel that way. I mean, look, I mean, I love the fans down there, especially. But it's like, yeah, and especially after this pandemic, I don't think places like that are really they're not desirable locations, you know, because there's just a lot of there's still a lot of bullshit going on with not just restrictions but with the law enforcement and stuff it's like they're not gonna we're not gonna people like us are not gonna go to a place like that and and be like greeted friendly at least you know i'm not i'm not saying that that we're gonna that there'd be issues but you you definitely you want to feel safe and you and you want to feel like you
0: belong somewhere you know so yeah so how many tickets are available jarvis only 200 okay oh, yeah wow. have you so, sold 200 already and there's 200 left or what was 300
1: okay we're still 300 so oh. uh yeah it's not bad you know they're all two-day passes we haven't gone to single day yet because most people want to come for both days you know but what i'm really trying to do right now is you know is really get people from ireland to to be at this thing because and that's why I'm here right now and that's why I'm doing all this work now I'm not worried about people coming to it I'm I'm more concerned that like where there's no scene you have to create it you know and for all of us who love metal we we all knew when we first got introduced to it and I think there's an opportunity here for a lot of other people around here to realize how cool this scene is and how how they could be a part of something like this, you know, and that's really where it's at. And I think that the term metal has a, or heavy metal has a big. Um, it's 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 not represented well if you if you're not in that scene, you know, and and that's why. I'm here to spread the good word about, about real metal and real rock. And the, like, again, the bill is so diversified, even an old guy who likes thin Lizzy would have a great time coming to this, you know? So mm-hmm. he and would realize like, Hey, there's a band called Satan that actually like rocks like Lizzy, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like that, you know, it's just, it's crazy. So that's the idea.
0: Yeah. And Dread Sovereign would be the last on that bill, which is Alan's band as well. Um, so, yes
1: there has to be some doom and gloom that in, in ireland there has to we have we can't be without our our political commentator you know we we we, we must have the, the truth must be represented somewhere you know but we're gonna get but they're opening we're gonna get it out of the way we're just you know he's, yeah no no but honestly they're their last their last record is incredible,
0: outstanding, like, outstanding. I, yeah, it,
1: it is. It is. It's by far. You know, I'm friends with Alan, so I'll always tell him it's shit's good. But like, I, it really, it really far exceeded any expectations that I had. And I was like, I was like, I mean, I almost liked it more than the than the the latest primordial stuff. I almost, I almost thought like this is like really good. Like you can really feel like the the honesty and like the desperation in it you know Mm -hmm. so it's pretty good that you know he got to translate that finally into music instead of just you know coming out of his 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 pie hole yeah nice (laughs) though man
4: that like a lot of the stuff that is there you know bands like uh you know dread sovereign and midnight and stuff is really represents a continuation of bands like satan and stuff Mm -hmm. it's not like super overproduced you know, like something no. like accept nowadays, where it doesn't really sound like real music. It just sounds like totally, totally processed. And I think it's amazing that like it will appeal to, you know, anyone who loves that sort of sound. You know, if you love yeah. the sound of the original Satan albums, you're probably gonna like Darkest Era and you're probably gonna like, mm. you know, Dread Sovereign and et cetera, you know? Mm.
1: Exactly. But I do I also think that bands like Dread Sovereign and Midnight are great crossover bands where like where like if you're into black metal or you're into punk like you're you're into this almost like what a motorhead would do you Mm -hmm. know so like i i do feel that that is that's really cool like i i definitely know like some people that will probably come mainly for like those bands or you know and then kind of be the maybe like a bonus would be like oh yeah i'll stick around for satan and sierra thungle and go like actually like whoa like here's tim baker from sierra thungle 65 years old with a very the most unique voice in metal whether you like it or hate it but this guy was screaming before anybody ever did it ever you know and at the time they're like what is people didn't understand it what is this it was before us before their time and Mm -hmm. I think that now it's like with young kids, their first their first favorite band is already yelling at them, you know, so <laughs> it's now they can hear about an old guy and go like, wow, OK, I can kind of get into this. Whereas opposed to into 1971, you know, I mean, Deep Purple Fireball was like or, or Black Sabbath was, you know, the heaviest thing or you know, Blue Cheer or something yeah. like this, you know. So uh, so I think that's a real unique aspect of it, of it, mm. too. You know,
0: um, what's the connection with so many metal blade bands on it? Are they have are they any part of it or is it just that, you no. you know, most of those bands anyways?
1: Yeah, I mean, like the thing is metal blade uh, in in recent years has become a, uh, a safe home for a lot of bands because they they have people there that really appreciate the old school. Okay. But like but. They're not gonna roll the dice on bands that like see, I think with Cyrus Ungle and Satan bands like that, like they're still pretty much the original lineup. Satan is is the original lineup from 83 from Court in the Act. Like their classic lineup is still together. With Ungle, there's four OG guys in there. And I just I'm just there to make to, you know, to look good, you know, but like, <laughs> but but they but they like. But you know those, these bands are these bands are releasing records and they're they're playing us and writing at such a high level they're on the they're on the, the charts and they, you know they're in the top ten in the German charts I mean they're selling records like more than ever um, and I think with Metal Blade it's kind of like they've they've always been good about you know getting the bands the right funding to make the records and getting them put, uh, publicized and getting their records distributed around the world and that's just You know, I don't know, I guess people that like the same stuff stick together. So I I think that that's but there's many there's been many other labels involved with all of these bands. Mm. And it just seems to be in recent years that that's that that's the case. And look, that all that may change again. You know, bands may move on to another label that's doing something or Metal Blade may change what they're doing. I don't know. You know, I mean, they kind of do a lot of different things now, Uh, but there's no there's nothing behind it further than that. I'm really close to a lot of people at that label and in, in, in all offices around the world. So for me, it's always been a pleasure to be like, hey, Satan's doing a new record. You you know, I think, you know, let's do it kind of thing. You know, so.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll just briefly acknowledge it because I fucking hate talking about COVID-19 anyway. So those that could be vaccine requirements, mm-hmm. pre-testing, or have you thought about anything yet? Or is it just uh, going to be more... dictated by what the government are saying at the time? Make it's this... going to be dict-
1: yeah. It's yeah. going to be dictated by by the government. But I can I can say right now that I would imagine that it's going to be that they're going to require proof of vaccine, yeah, to get into the show. Uh, which again, man, I really don't want to get political about it either. I'm, yeah. I'm on the fe- I'm on the fence about all that stuff personally. I mean, I've gotten my jabs because I want to participate in society, you know, yeah. uh, and I and I want to be safe, you know, but I, but I really don't know. Like, I really don't know. Now that now that everybody's still getting it, like, you know, I don't know. All I'm saying is it's you're not you're not crazy to question the government and the media. OK, like so nobody should be ever be labeled crazy or or a conspiracy theorist just for asking questions you know and Mm. and a lot of our guests are asking questions about this and basically my disclaimer when you buy a ticket is like look whatever whatever covid protocols there are we're just going to roll with it and like if you don't have to do it but you don't have to come to the gig you know we don't know what it's going to be but at this point like
0: the really bare minimum is going to be a COVID passport anyway. Yeah. I,
1: would, I would imagine so. I mean, mm. I went to a bar last night that didn't ask for one, but I went to another bar that was, like, way shitty and small, and they demanded it. So, like, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, mm. I, I personally think You know, I take no responsibility for anybody in this world. So like if you feel well enough to go to a concert, vaccinated or not, like you're if you're going outside, you're rolling the dice. That's on you, you know, and you're more than welcome to be at this show. So um, but I think that whatever the venue it's you know, I'm renting a venue. So it's like whatever they need to do to cover their own ass, like I'm just going to comply with that. You know, like I, I again, I'm not one to talk because I've complied with it, too. And now they're telling me I need more, you know, mm. but like I think like it I'm sucks, glad... man.
4: But like yeah. I think in a lot of ways it's kinda of like whenever the smoking ban come in, you know, it's like no one is saying that you know you have to get the job. We're just saying that if you want to go and see Satan, you're probably gonna need the job, you know. <laughs> right. And that's that's exactly what it is. It's just like you know, people can prioritize things in their life. And if you know, being free and you know, not owning a mobile phone is more important than going to see mm. Satan, then yeah, you're wrong. But yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, you know, I did cocaine off of a toilet seat in Brazil like three years ago. <laughs> so, like, I'm not, I the jab, I'm sure, you know, <laughs> there's got to be something good in it, you know. I, I don't know, you know. So, like, I I can't really speak for everybody, but Joe's got a point. You know, I look, I'm all about liberty and freedom, and I think it's a very important thing. And I think that once you start giving these freedoms away to the government, you, good luck getting that back. You know, so yeah. I think we should be very careful about the things that we agree to do as a society. But at this point, I me not being able to 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 do heavy metal for the last two years. I basically do feel dead. So yeah. I, if, if I got to get a jab in the arm and, and risk mm-hmm. something, like I said, you know, I've already risked my life plenty of days on this earth. Uh, hey, so be it, you know, mm-hmm. and call you call me a hypocrite or whatever. But I'm just saying, like, that's I'm honest about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what we, we got to do what we got to do. And yeah. I think most people that are going to travel to a concert, they're, they're already expected to be doing something like this. You
0: know? yeah. What you think, Howard? Would you agree? Yeah, I mean, look, you
3: got to roll with it. To keep, to keep this thing going, to keep the ball rolling in music as it is, you got to roll with the, with, the, with the rules and restrictions and do what you got to do. I mean, I'm triple jabbed by choice. But, you know, there's benefits to that. And some of the benefits of that is paying a gig. You paid the game to right. Nina a couple of, months, couple of weeks ago. It was worth a hundred jabs, do you know? Right, right. You gotta do what you gotta do to survive. And I think when you get to the point where you stop and you rage against things, you're not thinking anymore. You're just, you know, you're sticking yourself in the mud and you're stopping the ball rolling. You know, you're stopping yourself surviving and moving forward. You know, like I said, I everything you said there, Jarvis, is on the money. You know, it's one of the most reasonable, balanced. Responses to that kind of question. I've seen so.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks. I mean, all I could do is be honest. You know, I mean, really. You know, I mean, sometimes I do feel like a bit of a of a hypocrite in a way because, like, I do see things happening that I'm like, wait a minute, Mm. like this is this is not. I mean, you know, I'm not comparing it to the Holocaust because it's definitely not. But it's definitely how that started. You know, it's definitely how that started. I mean, this there's a lot of things happening. We're you know, especially in heavy metal we're our bread and butter is in like Western Europe you know if if, if mine and Joe's band can't tour in Germany we might as well quit you know it's like that's like it's like and by the same token
4: man like I, me and you both know bands who have said no we're not we're not going to get the job and you're like that effectively means the end of their career you know they can play yeah. along the east coast and the states yeah. but- you Can't go to Canada, can't go to Europe, can't go to Japan, can't go anywhere. Australia. You know, so it's like right. like you right. can call yourself a painter, yeah. but if you're not actually out painting, you're right. not a painter, right. <laughs> you right. know?
1: But but I do I do and, and not to I don't want to keep talking about it like this, but like it just my final thought on it, I guess, would be I am all about freedom of choice, freedom of speech, and freedom of choice, and the, the, the choice to do what you want to do with your body. So when if, if you if you choose not to do it and you know that you, you can't go and go to concerts like that's your choice. I totally respect that, you know, but when in some places in some countries right now, when they're saying they're going to they're going to tax you if you don't get it. So you have to pay money if you don't get it. You're not allowed to vote or participate in society if you don't get it. I mean, that is just crazy to me. And that's not the way to get things done. That's not the way to influence people to be safe by making by by putting them or in australia like putting them if they're sick you put them in a camp i mean this is this stuff is really happening so it's like that's not the way to get it done the way to get it done is to not make people afraid and just just be like guys listen we don't this is what we think is best like just check out check out what's behind it make your own choice but please like you know at least just look at what's happening you know so mm-hmm. that's all i could say about it you know i'm not i don't i hate telling people what to do i just think it's so such a wrong thing you know yeah. but unless I mean, they're listening to shite music but yeah
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah as i said look people will want to know anyway if they're going to be buying tickets what are the covid protocols oh, yeah. and this yeah. dude you're going to update that as as it happens it's, it's going to be yeah. It's gonna be yeah. ever changing right up to the fucking week before yeah. because we genuinely don't know right. what's happening in relation to how and is there right, gonna be right. another strain or some shit like that. So park that for 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 what it was.
4: Yeah. Um, so, uh, J- I was gonna ask you, Jarvis, uh, is the is the record finished then or what what's happening with the record? With, with the, the 19
1: 19 record? record? Yep. Yeah. So I uh we we've got all the music done now and uh i'm doing vocals here in Derry. i've got a little studio here in the closet under the stairs we've got a compilation coming out in march which is in 2020 we released five seven inch singles Mm. um so it's a comp of those songs plus the b-sides which were never those were only released on the on the seven inches Mm. and not many people those sold out pretty quick so uh you know, and I think a lot of collectors bought them too. I don't even know if they opened them. So like these songs, a lot of these songs are gonna see the light of day for the first time in March. And then we'll hopefully hit the road. We have plans, and then new record, new studio album will be out November fourth. Oh,
0: cool. Ooh. Excellent yep. stuff. And are you a full-time musician, Jarvis? Is music your full time? I'm a full-time dreamer. Yeah. <laughs> no, no,
1: no. Uh yeah, no. Yeah, it is. It is. But um, you know, I mean, like I said, I I playing a couple successful bands and I have a record company and I manage six bands so it's it's a big accumulation of it's I could say I'll say that heavy metal is my living
0: okay you know
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I live for it and it lives for me, you know? So yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. And, wow. Jarvis, is there a Visigoth record coming also this no, year? No, or-
1: no, not this year. It, those guys have had the worst luck, man. The drummer got COVID pretty bad. Really? He was in the hospital, he was in the hospital for almost three months. So oh, he's, God. he's, he's better now, but he, he, he can't play drums. So like, he's, he's, he's slowly working his way back up through some physical therapy um yeah. the guitar player sliced his hand almost in half so like he's like the primary writer so he's uh they're just taking it easy but there's some songs being written and you know those guys they're not a very active band but they have a huge cult following and for a yeah. band that has only two studio albums i mean they're doing so well and i always tell the, the record company this when because they're always asking me this too hey we got to get a new record going i'm like look it's gonna happen when it happens. And when it does, it's gonna be awesome. You know? I mean, that's that's all it is. I, I hate to with a band like that, I, I hate to push them because when it when whenever I've done that in the past, it's it, the end result is is not something that we've been happy with and we haven't gone with it, you know? So yeah.
0: Yeah. So like you have Night Demon have two albums out it, the, the course of the done 2015. And mm-hmm. Darkness Remains then in 2017. hmm So this is your third one, but there's a compilation beforehand, Jarvis, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's hard
1: to say if The Comp is the third album. I mean, there's six cover songs on there, so it's, yeah. I, I wouldn't really consider it that. Our debut EP came before all that in 2013, and that's that four-song EP was like, that's like, some of our most classic work, you know, and I still think that's some of the best stuff we've done, too. So I kind of see that actually as an album. It's just so weird how we classify things, you know, but I could kind of like put them in chunks of time, you know, yeah. like at that. You know, so this is, I guess, with this newest record coming out later in the year, like I kind of see it as like the fifth cycle of okay. the band releasing music, you know? Okay, so we're going to um, listen
0: to uh, Emperor's Fall here, which is, I think, was that one of the first singles released?
1: That was the first single, the first
0: yeah, April 3rd, 2020. Yep. And Howard, guess who, who mastered it? A friend of ours. Brad yeah, they're Board on me. the show. Brad, Brad Boat. Yeah. yeah spot on, man. <laughs> right on. Lovely dude. Mm. Okay, we'll give it a listen here then. to Jamade Armand and Dusty.
1: Oh, yeah, I know those guys forever. They were in another band called New Liberty. I've been in 19 is my 36th band. So yeah. Jesus. I mean Christ. you know I, anytime I can give advice to like young musicians, it's basically like look, if you're in it, you're in it. The only way to win is to just not stop. You know, you, you okay. have to keep you the the thing is you just you just keep going and going and going and it gets harder still you know Mm. but like you you just you got to become a lifer you got to commit to it it's just got to be who you are and what you do so eventually what happens in a in a local scene you know some of us are not like joe we're not fortunate enough to like you know to keep a band together for for decades you know and to really that's the dream you know you start your first band and you think you're going to be aerosmith you know or or you know brian
4: adams lyrics isn't it 69 you're like everyone's with the band what's happening
1: yeah yeah totally dude (laughs) Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, so what happens usually is like you get older. Okay. And you, you start seeing your people in your scene start dropping off. Right. Cause they're like, mm-hmm. well, shit, I got to get a real job now. I'm going to have some kids. I'm mm-hmm. going to do this. And then you get the guys that stick around and then you're like, okay, everybody, these guys that have stuck around have gotten really good. And they've gotten really serious and they've really kind of turned the corner and gone, OK, yeah, this this I'm not I'm, I'm not going to grow up, you know, and that's yeah. kind of that's kind of what we did. We're just like, hey, we're the best guys for this. Let's that's it's time for it's time for us to team up and create the, the juggernaut band, you know, and that's mm. that's kind of the, 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 the idea, you know,
0: um, as a bass player, I've watched you play there in Wacken, and I've watched you also on a few other shows. Um, you're more picking than plucking.
1: Yeah, I like to think
0: of the bass and
1: Night Demon as like a, just a big guitar. We're we're a three piece, you know, mm. and we do a lot of uh, guitar and bass harmonies together, which is kind of like that's like our original stamp. That's like the Night Demon signature in a very unoriginal style of music, I guess you could say, right? Right. Um, and. Uh, I think innovation is born through necessity and it's like we're, we're three guys who try and do as much as we can with what we have without adding more pieces to it. And so I think with the bass playing, I use a lot of distortion too. It's not your traditional bass sound. It's it's there to fill out the sound. If we had it, it's, we wanted to make it so that we didn't need another guitar player. You know, if we had one, it would just be too much. So I like to think of it as more of like, lemmy meets steve harris meets geezer butler that's kind of my that's kind of my approach you know like
4: there's definitely like for me i think the the guitars are so maiden-y that one of the best things about night demon is that like a lot the bass seems super punky sometimes you know yeah like you could nearly confuse it with like sort of like the clash or even like yeah uh, like fucking Dropkick Murphy's, you know, like yeah. it's got that first Iron Maiden album meets Dropkick Murphy's. That's the kind of vibe. Like, well, is I mean, bit- see,
1: the thing is, thank you for saying that. We we grew up in Southern California where there was no metal scene, it was all hardcore punk. So, mm. we were as young kids playing in metal bands, and we, we, the only bands to play with were punk bands. So, we grew up in that scene. So, it mm. naturally is part of our DNA. I mean, even on that track you heard, the whoa, 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 kind of misfitsy chorus that's lars and matt from rancid singing those on that track that's you know like so so we're fully steeped in the punk scene completely you know and that's a lot of that stuff is is what what we're influenced by it just never had enough musicianship for us you know and and we wanted to it's hard to dominate in the punk scene because you're constantly being held down to this uh these these ethics you know where it's like it's looked down upon to be successful band Mm. you know but we took we took the diy ethics of the punk scene and combined that with you know you know we 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 used to go see like the original lineup of Dawkins all the time (laughs) we'd love Dawkins. but 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 we didn't want to be them you know what i'm saying we we still liked what the ethos of what the what was happening in the punk rock scene but we just wanted we wanted to be a, a, somewhere in the middle you know and i think that's mm. kind of where we landed
0: yeah i mean your your cover of wasted years is absolutely brilliant Like,
1: yeah thank you you know it's funny because when you're doing cover songs and you know you're on a major label this it's not like like you, you need to get this approval for this kind of stuff and uh with that song it actually had to go to maiden and they, they they liked it and signed off on it. And I don't know if that's Rod Smallwood or actually Steve Harris or anything, but we got the word back that they were like, yeah, this thumbs up. And they really liked it and like, go for it. So we're, we're, you know, just that alone is, is cool. You know, yeah. the
0: guys you have on those singles, like, I mean, you worked with Fleming Rasmussen on mm-hmm. Kill the Pain. What else? Steve Albini for Are You Out There? Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Um, oh, Randy Burns as well did a vinyl and mix. Yeah, Randy
1: Burns. Yeah, Matt Hyde. We had this idea where we were just like, you know, we had made a couple records and we're kind of always searching for that fourth member in the way of a producer, right? You know, mm-hmm. a lot of our favorite bands, they kind of at some point in their career, they found somebody that like actually helped their sound. And like somebody that they bonded with. So we're like, let's go find that guy. But first, let's work. Let's see if we can work with the people that we really have that made all of our favorite records. And so our approach was like, hey, if we do singles, we could probably do this. So, I mean, yeah, we call Steve Albini. and He's like, you want to work with me for one day? And I was (laughs) and, and I don't have to spend fucking four months trying to fucking make a record with you he's like <laughs> let's do it you know like with with Fleming we were on tour with Sacred Reich in Europe and we had a week off in Denmark and it was it's like he's like yeah you want to come in for three days and do a couple tracks and we're like yeah it, it, it was great you know and it's like with this too it's like we're, we're well prepared we go in see I guess that was a little bit of the downfalls these guys never really got to put their production stamp on these songs because we only had a day or two. So we weren't going to come in there and go, Hey, I got an idea, you
2: know, <laughs> like,
1: like, like, it was like, it was like, we had demoed the songs 13 times, you know, like we were ready to go. We did not want to waste anybody's time, you know? So it was a good experiment. I'm glad we did it. All the singles that we released, they're so different from each other stylistically. We didn't think it would make it for a cohesive album anyway. So it was really nice to go in and be able to experience all this stuff. And we documented everything on film and put out a docu-series on it all. And like, it's just, it was a cool thing to say that we did, you know? And at the end of the day, this next record we've recorded on our own. We're just like, we're like, we're, you know, it's just, it, it never fully clicked with anybody where we were like, you know, oh, it's hard too with this these
3: days. So, you know, these producers—they're not there's there's not a lot level, of sense. Yeah,
4: See, like we've had records before where at the end of the song that you can hear a little bit of click track. And you're like, wait a minute, we yeah. just give this guy ten thousand bucks. Like, you know, <laughs> this is like, that wasn't part of the plan. But you end up in the situation where you have to say that the person who cares most about it is you. You know, mm-hmm. so if it yep. is possible for you to make the album yourself or yourselves. You're the person most likely to notice that, whereas you can't really, you can't give off that someone didn't notice a problem that you didn't notice yourself. So, always mm-hmm. rolls, absolutely the, rolls right. back You're, to
1: yourself. You know, you are absolutely right, and that's like why when I started managing bands, I never wanted to be a band manager, but I was really successful at managing our band. It's not that nobody ever approached us to manage Night Team, in but I it was the same thing Joe said. I was just at the end of the day like. Nobody's going to care about this as much as me. I'm not going to hand over the keys of the kingdom because we've already built a semi successful career. I just you, you know, it's like at this point, it's like we got ourselves here. We kind of know what's going on. We're still willing to learn every day about what's going on. And until somebody comes to the table that really feels like they're they're going to work as hard as us, there's there's no point, you know. And, and if you've got somebody in the band that knows how to record your band, our, Armand, is a producer. I mean, he makes tons of records. So like when it comes to our records, it's we feel comfortable with him doing it. He knows how we're going to sound and he obviously cares. Right. Yeah. The idea why we did go with other producers was because, you know, we, I, I kind of felt bad for a while because it was like I just wanted to allow him to be the guitar player in the band. That's what he is, you know, instead of just being at the fucking controls as well. You know, I mean, it's tough. So yeah. but at the end of the day, that's what works. And we're just kind of rolling with that for now, you know? Yeah.
0: I'm going to play another track. Um, it's the kind of Tin Lizzy influenced um, Are You Out There, which was uh, produced by Steve Albini. That's
1: yeah. Right. So this song, this song, we did it at Steve's place in Chicago at Electric Audio. We did it all uh, to two inch tape, nothing digital on this one. This is our tribute to fill uh, in it. And we, I wrote this from the perspective of like his family and friends around the mid-80s when he was kind of really going downhill. This, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's called Are You Out There?
0: Did you see the documentary on him, Jarvis?
1: Uh, yes, there's a few of them. I've seen the most recent one, yeah. What do you think of that? I mean, I'm a huge fan, and so I, I, it, wasn't as, it wasn't as good as I thought it. It wasn't what I hoped for. There's a lot of footage in there that's already been used for many things. There was only a couple things in there that were kind of new.
0: Well, and, it was nice to see his daughter's talk as well. OK, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, mean, I read loads yeah. about him and you never had access to the daughter's well, before also, or the wife, you know, and he also so.
1: has a, he also has a son that did not that didn't know phil was his dad until he was like 45 or something you know like there's a there's a guy walking around too looks just like him like no way I mean, yeah yep. yeah there's yeah, a couple been, of them, uh, I, couple them
4: with bass guitars so <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah you gotta go to uh oh never mind that's another story but but yeah like i Look, yeah, that stuff is cool, but there's some great books out there mm. that ha- that take a real honest approach. Like, you know, it's just like we've been in the rock game for a long time. I want to hear the real stories, man, you know, and like Robin wasn't on the documentary. You know, like I want to nice. hear I want to hear the real shits. like the guy's been gone for just as many years as he was alive now. Thirty six years. And uh, it's time, man. You know, like let's I want to hear I want to. I'm already telling about, I'm talking about doing cocaine on the toilet in Brazil. And like, I'm still here. Like, you know, I want to hear those stories, you know, like I want to hear like the crazy stuff. You know, it's like, you see pictures of Phil with like Lemmy. I want to know that story. You yeah. know, like we all know the story of the band. It's mm. just like Metallica having their story told over and over again. It's just the same thing. It's like, there's so much more in there in between the lines. That's why that some kind
4: of monster was so interesting. Cause you were like, you're not just seeing the biography version of the band. You're getting to see the the warts and all side, you know?
1: Right. So, yeah, I think that a lot of, I would love to hear more about that. But like, again, it's like, I think people go out to make a documentary about somebody. They, they're obligated to cover the obvious things. And this is like, this was a, I think this documentary was not made for the Thin Lizzy fan. I think it was made for the public, you know? And Mm -hmm. so in my mind again i'm just such a hardcore fan that like like i i always want more you know and yeah. when somebody's when somebody's gone it's hard to, it's hard to get that
0: you know yeah okay and yeah. You did, this is uh you can definitely hear the influence shining through in this one it, this is are you out there Yes, great song, man. Um, as a vocalist, I mean, your range is really, really impressive, uh, Jarvis. Have you worked hard on that? Have you seen many changes as you get older? Or?
1: Yeah, I smoked cigarettes for about twenty-five years. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, on, I'm on the I'm on the vape now. <laughs> uh, yeah. But uh, no, really. Uh, when I the first time anybody ever wrote about me in the press, I was 16 years old. I used to sing and play guitar in a band, and. Uh, They talked about how good my guitar playing was, but how bad my vocals were. And that really got to me. And we started to look for a singer. We'd never found anybody. So I just said, you know, I'm going to kind of use this as some fuel. And I took some vocal lessons from this lady, old lady down the street that taught piano lessons. And I kind of just took that through the years. I mean, I still take vocal lessons to this day. I study with a lot of different people. And I just kind of figured, you know, a lot of people are born with it. I wasn't. And but I have the hunger to get, always get better, you know. And once mm. you think you, once you think you know something and you know how to do something, that's when you're, that's when you're pretty much done, you know, <laughs> for, creatively. So you always, you always want to, always want to try and get better all the time, you know. And well, like man, even, not,
4: e- not a lot of other people. Well, not a lot of people listen to this know this, but you're also an amazing soul singer, and you know, <laughs> you did like a whole bunch of like soul records and stuff ten years ago, and oh. I was really, I was really surprised by how amazing authentic the sounded you know he really sounds like a, a sam cook record you know well
1: thank you and i i that was the goal with that stuff i went into studios and did everything analog and hired the best backing band that understood american roots and uh no gear pre-1970 i mean i'm always trying to be as authentic as i can with any kind of style that i do yeah um, with that you know in the 2000s metal got really bad for me you know the new metal thing was happening (laughs)
3: everybody (laughs) Uh, yeah
1: uh if you played a guitar solo you were dead you know and (laughs) and i i just i was promoting a lot of concerts at that time and i just wanted to do something different and so i started to think about like my heroes and like the original metal guys and just think like what came before that you know like there's 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 so much that what influenced them And so I really, really got into like the first rock and roll. And I started like a, a, like a doo-wop group with like, where it was like four singers, like in a fucking subway station and like kind of tried to learn how to sing and do harmonies. And then that turned into me doing like, rockabilly stuff like traditional rockabilly and i was playing with brent harding from social distortion and i was just playing with all these musicians that really understood this stuff and i hated soul music when i was growing up because i was a metalhead and like those two worlds just I mean, like, yeah. you know, especially if you're new as a new British heavy metal kid, like a northern soul guy on a scooter is under your boot, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> but, but I really started to have an appreciation for that music, especially the vocalists, you know. And mm-hmm. so I started to, I was in, I was made friends with Solomon Burke before he passed away and wow. did a lot of stuff uh, working with, with, with his people and um, uh, Booker T., and I was just connecting with all these uh, these old school musicians that were still around, and I thought, man, I want to do something like this. And so, I started a project like that. And I was basically like the white James Brown of like Germany and Spain for like two <laughs> years. You know, I, man, I had this full show. I would do four wardrobe changes, and but there was like a, it was like it was like a it was like a very high energy concert every night. You know, it was like it wasn't your smooth soul stuff it was like stacks records meets the ramones you know oh, like i yeah. really wanted to bring that intensity to it there was a lot of intensity back then yeah. and a lot of a lot of racially charged themes you know and and i are really connected with just the at least the intensity of it not not you know i was never i never felt like a you know yeah. i'm a white privileged guy i've never felt depressed but like uh you know um I, that helped me start a band like night demon that made yeah. my metal better it made me be able to do songs like we just heard like mm. songs where i could take my voice yeah, somewhere they're vocally else.
4: driven songs yeah, you know? the, the, sure. the vocals are and like that's the thing about you know wasted years or something when right? you listen to it you're like right okay the riffs are kind of cool but it's all about what brucey's actually singing and the words you know and the, i think the longer that you do stuff the more you realize that it's the the singing and the lyrics are what really makes a, a good song you know and
0: what was that project, Jarvis, that you were on about there? It it was called Jeff Hershey and the Heartbeats.
1: So that stuff's available on the streaming platforms and on Bandcamp and stuff. And, and it's amazing. Yeah.
4: Like I'm a, I'm a huge fan of like soul and 60s music, and it's mm. hugely authentic. It's really really good looking.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool these days to 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 be a fan of that stuff. You know, I, I was I was Dick Dale's guitar tech for quite a while, and um, I was on tour. I toured the world with him and I got to just learn a lot about how rock and roll started by being around him a lot and um, taking care of him for a long time. And, and uh, it was, that's, it really opened my eyes. So I was like, this guy's the godfather of heavy metal and nobody knew it. I'm like in 1957, he was playing like gauge 58 strings. He was speed picking and he and Leo Fender created the 100 watt amplifier together because he was packing halls and nobody could hear his aunt. And I'm like, it was right in front of my face, you know? And I was just like, this is important stuff. And I need to get into this because the metal that's happening today, it says nothing. And so when the traditional stuff started to come back around, I had had under my belt a lot of experience learning really how to play because mm-hmm. I had just grown up in the school of Metallica and it was all about the riff. But once I learned how to, when I had to pick up a guitar and write modern classic soul songs, I had to know every note on that bass or on that guitar and what it did. And there was no distortion to hide behind, yeah. you know, and the band was playing live in the studio and, and all this stuff, you know, so it may be better at metal.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the fifth single um, was the, Collaboration with uh, Uli from Scorpions. Yeah, and so, then I watched uh, you play live. I mean, that now there you go. There's there's another perfect example of how good your voice is. Standing with this with the dude from Scorpions behind you, and you're fucking nailing it. What yeah, was that you like?
1: Know, I think it's just you're you're in the moment. You got to deliver. You know, I yeah. Mean, to sing like Klaus from Scorpions, is <laughs> like nobody sounds that good, right? So, but yeah, with him with Uli, it's like. We, what happened was we were headlining our, it was our first festival headliner in Germany, so it was like, okay, we had like, we had come up the ranks through the years as a touring band, and we were headlining a sold out festival, and we just wanted to do something real special for the German fans that really stood behind us for so long, and so we got in touch, uh, we had met Uli a couple times at festivals that we had played before, but his agent was a really good friend of mine, um, and uh same same company who reps joe's band uh but you know i said hey look we've got this sold out festival and i uh, think we need to do uh in with uli and he's like i think it's a great idea i think that it'll be good for his career because the younger metal fans will like kind of get little revamp." on the score and and all this stuff and uli just like was not interested like he just did not want to do it um but i stayed on him for about five or six months and every well, <laughs> about once a month i would ask again and about a week before the show he agreed to do it and so he's living in the uk and so we flew him into hamburg germany we we booked a place to rehearse uh but he ended up saying he didn't want to rehearse and we're like man I really think we should rehearse and he, but he didn't want to. And so we get to the gig, we're backstage, all the, you know, it's a festival. So bands are playing at noon. It's like 10, 10 o'clock. We're about to go on stage. He hasn't shown up. Everybody's like, where's Willie? He finally show he finally shows up and he's like, Hey, what's up? You know, and he's got like fucking dream catchers hanging from his boot and shit. And like, you know, he's wearing a furry jacket with a big wolf on it and like, you know, uh, and he's like first of all he thought we were german for some reason and he's like he de- he he doesn't like playing with with germans especially drummers i think because he's such a fan of american music and i think what a lot of people don't realize is germany is so you get great bands like except like the, the tightness but it's the the feel is always very rudimentary it's very stiff it's very on point and uli mm. is a much more free-form musician and american drummers tend to have a more improvisational style mm. okay um but uh anyway we ran through the song acoustically i guess backstage really quick and you know the thing is there's like how long
0: before you to go on stage uh, about 15 minutes
1: jesus so,
2: christ yeah son,
1: <laughs> <is> <laughs> But luckily we have, you know, we have, we got a great crew in Germany. So it's not like we're up there setting our shit up, you know, so that, that helped, that helped. Um, but, Yeah, we kind of ran through the song. And, you know, the the plan was like Armand is like, look, I'm going to harmonize with this guy the whole time on these leads. I'm not going to just fucking sit in the background. So I need to know what the he's like, Uli, where are you going with this? You know? And so when you listen to the track, though, man, they fucking nailed it. And what I love about it is like, you know, we filmed some video for it, too. And the communication that we all have on stage with him I and mean, I'm doing hand signals that we've never done before, you know, and it's like there's breaks in this song. There's some there's mm. some there's some sustained parts. There's a part where I have the audience sing. like
0: yeah,
1: it. You would never know. man. And like I was just that again, that's that's what 36 bands will get you. That's what mm. years of playing like, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's just it's I just chalk it up to experience and being in the moment. But yeah, we did "Entrance" and then we did "Top of the Bill." But nobody knew he was there—not even the promoter. What? It was a total surprise. Yeah, oh, then we pulled it off. And so we come out for our encore, and they're chanting "Night Demon," and Uli comes on the stage, and he kind of just glides on the stage and, <laughs> and like—and people were like, they didn't know what was going on. They're like, "What the?" fuck like so it was it was definitely one of the highlights of our career and i'm really, <laughs> really glad we pulled it off and, hey, and i'm glad we got to put this thing on wax because the show wasn't professionally recorded this is audio from a video camera okay no but it act- yeah but it actually luckily the guy had a decent stereo mic but he's in the front so like you can hear you know when people cheer it's pretty loud and like or just one guy like yeah! <laughs> or like or like singing along at a key you know like but but it, it came out pretty good man I'm man, I'm, really it.
0: It. I, I'm shocked that like because as you said Armand was harmonizing with him. I was watching yeah. it on YouTube yeah. Yeah. It was, like 10 minutes beforehand. That's just yeah. mind blowing <laughs> it is mind blowing. Like I'm not gonna ask you to name drop too many people but that was probably one of Many highlights. Is there any one or two other ones, Jarvis, that stand out? Uh, I mean, Going now, to Dave a...
4: Mustaine's Wine Launch.
1: What about that one? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that was enough. No, I can't tell that on the air because uh, he's kind of <laughs> not cool at that. But, like, uh, no, I mean, look, I don't know. My whole life has been has been rock and roll. Mm. I've, been, I've played over a 1,000 concerts. I've been to 3,000, you know. My ears are shot. I'm jaded, you know, like it's great me, me and Joe and Alan have these uh, fireside chats where we just like, you know, like it all comes out, you know, but like, but I, I don't know, I think it's really just a collective idea of having a career in music and not thinking that you've ever made it or not. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, making it is just being able to do it. It's just yeah. being able to do things like this. Mm-hmm. And that's why even just talking to you guys, like that's making it. And like being able to put on a festival for everybody, that's where the real enjoyment comes. Like, it's, it's funny. Like you hear people say like, hey, you know, you don't really enjoy something until you can do something for somebody else. Like it sounds cheesy, but it really is kind of true. Like when you're doing it's way easier to do something for somebody else and make somebody else happy, you know? And if you've mm-hmm. got, if you've got the tools to do it through like something you love doing, then like it's dude, it's it's fucking amazing. Like you know, like again, like we we played at Vocket in front of ten thousand people, not a hundred thousand, but it was like the best ten thousand people you could have ever wanted in front of you. You yeah. know, I yeah. mean, yeah, <laughs> you
0: know, class man. So. so the reason why you're on it, Jarvis, is Frost and Fire. It's now Frost and Fireland. It's on the seventeenth and eighteenth of June, two thousand and twenty-two. You can get your tickets through the official Facebook page. There's a link on it, Jarvis, yeah?
1: Yeah, or, Yeah. you just go to IronGripHeavyMetal.com, mm. And it's very self-explanatory there.
0: Yeah, we've gone through the lineup. It is a fucking fantastic lineup. It's got something for everybody on the show. And check out Jarvis's band as well, Night Demon. You've heard uh, two singles there. They're excellent. This dude is a keeper of the flame. Salute, man. And thanks for coming on the show, Jarvis. Thank you, guys, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Fucking pleasure. Out. And thanks, Joe, and thanks, Howard, as well. Support your local metal scene. And again, check out Frost and Farland coming your way in 2022 in June in Derek. Cheers, lads. Cheers. That's- There's a link on it, Jarvis, yeah?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. you just go to IronGripHeavyMetal.com, mm. And it's very self-explanatory there.
0: Yeah, we've gone through the lineup. It is a fucking fantastic lineup. It's got yeah. something for everybody on the show. And check out Jarvis's band as well, Night Demon. You've heard uh, two singles there. They're excellent. This dude is a keeper of the flame. Fucking salute, man. And thanks for coming on the show, Jarvis. Thank you, guys, man. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Fucking pleasure. Down. And thanks, Joe, and thanks, Howard, as well. Support your local metal scene. And again, check out Frost and Farland coming your way in 2022 in June in Derry. Cheers, lads. Cheers. That's cool.